Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of You Can Rest Here. These are the conversations you have always wanted to have, except this time, with a lot of biblical truth, laughter, beautiful and maybe uncomfortable silences, all leading to an increased awareness of the presence of God. Finally, we shall learn a rhythm of rest in a restless world. My name is Mazino Malaka. You can rest here. Hi everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode here at You Can Rest Here. And as you can see, I'm not the only one on the sofa. <laughs> I've got my beautiful friend, Nicole. Hey Nicole. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I was saying to her earlier that it's so good to have someone who actually is like, I won't say a fan. I'm a fan. Okay. It's so good to have a fan of the podcast on the sofa as well because sometimes I do episodes with people and it's not like they don't hate the podcast, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. listen to mm-hmm. it, right? But season one, I can categorically say that a lot of your messages kept me going because sometimes I would just be like, What's the point? I'm tired, but then I'll see a text from you like, Oh my god, this episode was for me! So thank you. I'm excited for this episode because I feel like it's an extension to last week's episode. So it's really going to function as a pep talk. And it's the pep talk that you never needed or the pep talk you never thought you needed. Um, But first, we're going to find out how our guest has been resting, seeing as she's a fan of the the podcast. We should find out how she's resting in this season of her life. So how are you resting? First of all, I love that question. <laughs> it's such a, it's a question that makes you like go inward yeah. and think like, hmm, you know? Um, so I think how I'm resting in this season is journaling. Um, I'm really trying to take stock and account of how I'm feeling and also being grounded in the present mm-hmm. um, of that day. Because yeah. I'm somebody who lives in the past a lot, or the wow. future, yeah. you know, I'm always either between what has happened yeah. or what's gonna happen, yeah. as opposed to right now. So I'm finding a lot of rest in the right now. And then reading the Bible, mm-hmm. Which I've never really done before yeah. because I'm a devotion girly. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep it cute. One keep little page. Keep it simple. Keep it short. One scripture at the top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did the Luke challenge. Um, so I read the whole of Luke during December. Mm-hmm. So by the 25th, I had the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was just really beautiful mm-hmm. and really easy to do. And then I realized that I've never read the Bible from the beginning, yeah. which is wild because I'm a reader Mm -hmm. and I would never open a fiction book from the middle. (laughs) Imagine imagine doing that. Like, don't worry, I already know what's going on. Let me get get to the good part. Let me get to the good part. Let me get to the part that speaks to me. So, yeah, so I had breakfast with a friend of mine and he was like, we're talking about books and he was like, he's reading Genesis right now and I was like, what's that? Like, who's that by? And he was like, Philippians, who's that by? (laughs) (laughs) J.K. Rowling? Like, he was like, the Bible. I was like, oh. 
So, so I was inspired by him. So I'm actually reading yeah. Genesis right now. Good. And um, are you yeah. enjoying it? I'm enjoying it, and I'm reading the Message version. Mm. So for me, it's very um, easy to digest. What have and... I been telling you guys about the Message version slapping? <laughs> like there are some things that NKJVL will communicate. But then the message version will like insert that thing into your bones. So I definitely recommend putting it side by side, one version of the Bible and another, just so you can really understand. Yeah. I was even saying to you earlier that Genesis, I'm reading Genesis again at the moment, and I've read Genesis maybe like, hopefully, maybe like 20 times, right? But this time, I'm like, how did I never see this all the other times that I've read Genesis? And I'm realizing that you can never come to the end of the word of God. Oof. Like, if you go from now till tomorrow, you can never come to the end of the word of God. And even I was saying on Sunday at church that God is our maridi, which in Yoruba means the unsearchable God. You cannot ever get to the point where I know all of him. Wow. Even, even in Ephesians, it says that you will never be able to know the depth, the width, the height of the love of God. Yeah. So imagine you can't even get to the end of the love of God. Then you feel like you want to know God in his entirety. It's impossible. So I, I've been reading Genesis and I'm just like, God. I'm like, if this is, if, if by the 50th time I read this, will I even feel like I know anything at all? Wow. Because I go into every encounter of reading scripture just feeling like, what am I going to know today? Mm. As opposed to like reading a book where it's like, I already know what happens. Right. I know the protagonist. I know this mm. character. I know like, I'm like, no, yeah. even give me sympathy for certain characters that I've judged badly mm. in the past. Like, I feel like I would always judge Joseph, but like this time I was like, wow, a bit of Joseph in me sometimes. <laughs> There's a bit of Joseph in me sometimes, you know? And, I think one of the things I'm grateful for about like us sitting here is just like the authenticity mm. of our friendship. Mm. Like I feel like there's there's very few places where you can run here and it's like, okay, hey, I'm a mess right now. Mm. Or I, I know I shouldn't be doing this, mm -hmm. but I find myself doing it. So what do we do with this? Mm. And I, I don't know anybody with a more teachable spirit than you. I promise you, I don't know anybody with a more teachable spirit than you. Like, I feel like I always learn when I'm with you, but I also see how your eyes like actually just like open up and you actually take things in. Like, for example, that conversation with the person, you could have just been like, oh, yeah, it's good that you're reading the Bible. <laughs> but you then took it on and you were like, OK, God, like teach me mm -hmm. how to be more intentional about yeah. reading scripture, you know, well, most people, I don't even know if you know this, but I'm I'm going to read this message, right? So, in 2018, okay. I sent you a message on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. You probably don't even remember that this happened. So, we, we became friends properly in 2022. Are you pulling up receipts? Yeah, no, I'm pulling up receipts. No, we became friends probably in 2021, okay. right? And then we, like, you know, really... I would say solidified that love when I came on holiday. I think mm. that was in 2022. 2022, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in March, March 27, 2018, I sent you a message saying, 
going to miss you immensely on Indani. You made everything so relatable and your spirit is so infectious. Thank you for being you. Your hard work never went unnoticed. Big, big fan. And I pray God continues to reveal himself to you as you embark on every new day and this new journey. Hopefully you do see this. That's insane. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh my god. Just some random girl sending you encouragement. <laughs> like, I love that. What did I say? You said, "Oh wow." <laughs> I'm gonna do a voice. Thank you so much. I never really thought I could do this. I never, this is Nicole, I never really thought I did a great job hosting on Undani, to be honest. I was in my head a lot and never fully committed to the show. So seeing positive comments always takes me by surprise. Thanks for taking the time to watch and also message. May God make you an inspiration to others and guide your steps. Thanks for your wishes. XX. Bad voice <laughs> is unacceptable that's her, that's her like, voice that's her actual voice <laughs> so that was your response so fact check we actually have been friends since 2018 exactly because as far as i was concerned <laughs> for me to send you that message exactly. you're my friend exactly you're my sis exactly that but makes sense. what i i love about this message is that it already speaks a lot to what we're speaking about it's just how I feel like you've really fought for your gift and your gift in its most authentic and pure form. Um, this lady sitting here looks like an ordinary person, but I promise she's not. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into depth with too much, but she has written some of the most amazing films that I have watched on this continent like genuinely she is gifted speaking writing like you are like a quadruple threat mm -hmm. there's there's so much you can do and I, I i think a lot of it is because you've remained soft you've remained childlike mm -hmm. and you've also remained a dreamer but there was a time mm -hmm. where this you would never believe that this could be you 100 percent like we're we're both lawyers that don't practice yeah. right and thinking of your journey from law school like can you describe that what that was like and how you somehow realized that actually i'm wearing the wrong hat mm. i should wear another one Oof. First of all, thank you for the flowers. Yes, take them, take I take them, 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 I receive them, I put them on a vase in my yes. dining table. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think I always knew that I was wearing the wrong hat when it yeah. came to law because I was really bad at it. Yeah. Um, like, no cap. I just didn't understand yeah. what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I never got it. And the thing is with law is like you can't blag your way through. Oh no, you can't. You cannot. You can't. If you don't know it, you're never gonna know it. Um, and so I started the foundation with not knowing. So it was always rocky. Sure, there were some modules that I was better at, like yeah. maybe international criminal law or mm -hmm. something like that. But in general, I just didn't really understand it. Um, and so I think it was my first failure mm. that kind of pivoted me 
into something that feeds my soul. So I had failed a reset. Mm. So I was in Nottingham for four years instead of three. Because when you fail a reset, you have to take the year out. The year again. So so in that year again, so my dad was basically like, they had already paid for my accommodation. Um, Because the reset is like at the end of summer. So he had already paid for my accommodation. And so he said, "Be, be in school. Go to the library. Read. And realistically, how long can you study for? A whole year? No, I'm like of course not. 20? <laughs> You've just given me a year off, yeah, mate. Like, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Exactly. <laughs> so I basically started a blog. Yeah. So that was like 20, that was 2009. So that was when blogging was like really mm, up and coming. Mm. What was your blog called? Confessions of a Niger Holic. Ooh, we love that. I knew <laughs> it had to be something. I knew and it had to be something. I was reviewing Nigerian films. Yeah. I was talking about art and culture and everything Nigerian, yeah. really. And that was really the beginning. So mm. I loved blogging. I loved writing. And I would just like write about things that I liked. So that was the seed. And that was something that I could do effortlessly, that people would say, oh my God, I enjoyed it. I love your blog. I love it. I would do it without, you know, I would wake up in the morning to do it. I would, you know, do it at night. I would do it without ever feeling like it was a burden. Um, And so ultimately I went back to school and then ended up, you know, graduating with a third class and then coming back for law school. But then everybody kind of knew me, like in my friend circle, kind of as a writer. Mm -hmm. I had always written just Mm -hmm. the blog and Mm -hmm. like other little things on the side. And so from that experience, um, my friend introduced me to a guy who was starting a magazine. Mm -hmm. So he had actually like commissioned a photographer from New York to come in to shoot the Calabar Carnival. Mm Um, and he had also shot, um, he had gone to Badagri and he had shot this little boy that he found on the beach. And there were just incredible images. The photographer's name is Mandela Gregoire. He's a really big um, American-based photographer. And so this guy had all these images and no words. And he was like, he doesn't really know what to do with it. And I was like, what? I will write this. I will turn it into so that um, every opportunity at that point is an opportunity like give it yeah, to me give it to me so I was in law school at the time yeah. um, which was really just again an experience of you it's know a battle um, actually it wasn't a battle really no because I had given up the fight oh. <laughs> and also I will say I actually did well in law school okay good I do well with Nigeria's education because it's for cramming Mm, yes it is i can cram girl i have a photographic memory i can cram anything so i was fine in law school because they just is this a book okay cram it write it (laughs) that was good (laughs) literally um but then so yes i started this magazine and then when the magazine came out i gave it to my dad and my dad was like you did this and i'm like yeah and he's like so do this and that was my permission Mm. that was the beginning of my creative journey where it was no longer like i'm trying to be somebody i'm not um and yeah and i think also just understanding that our parents are also 
humans like us 100%. they don't know what they don't know 100%. so sometimes you have to show them you have to show them you have to show them and continually show yeah. that and i love that you're touching on a very biblical principle which is the fact that even in honoring our authenticity we are called to honor our father and our mother hmm. like you don't know the seed that you sowed by being like hey dad this is the magazine this is what i'd like to do you've sown a seed of honor as opposed to dishonor wow and there are some people who want to be like oh this is what i want to do but like you've never given your parents that understanding even sometimes you give them the understanding and they still don't understand right but you gave so much room and grace right for him to understand that you honored him by doing that mm. and you also accepted the fact that he didn't get certain things rather than having an argument with him and mm. being like oh you just don't get it yeah you you honored god by honoring your parents wow yeah never thought about it yeah. that way so how yeah. how how did you see how did you see what you had as anything worth anything mm. because i feel like okay you were writing is it that people were telling you oh my god this is amazing was that why you thought this is the path i should take or was it the mere fact of like i love doing this i want to see how far it can go like mm. what was the thing that was pushing you or was it maybe the spirit of god that was just making you know that hmm something is here I think like I remember I would watch anytime I would watch films yeah. about maybe there was this film I can't remember what it's called but this young girl she's kind of like she had a journal yeah. and she would write things mm. and she would like um come up with stories I think it was one of the Agatha Christie novels or something mm. I don't know but like I would always like want to be her yeah. or like want to write anytime I saw books I just always just felt yeah. just this like stirring um and i always wanted to write so i would write i wrote my first novel like when i was 16 um but it also came from quite a dark place as well so a lot of my it was called black pools of nothing and it was very, at 16 yeah oh my word yeah and it was set in minnesota and my dad read it so my dad has always been my first point of call yeah. when it comes to because he's a he's an orator and a storyteller mm. so i think every time i had anything creative i would go to him even if he's not necessarily a creative yeah. and um i remember giving it to him and he said have you ever been to minnesota and i'm like no, no. and he's like you cannot write what you don't know and i'm like has jk rowling ever been to hogwarts yeah, that's right okay she never <laughs> But but now I understand. Yeah. Obviously, Hogwarts is completely fictional. 100%. Whereas Minnesota is a real it's place, real. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my my writing always came from a dark place yeah. of sadness. Yeah. I was a quite a sad yeah. child. Um, a lot of things, comments from aunties. I was an overweight yeah, child. Yeah. Comments from my mom. Yeah. They really hurt me deeply. Yeah. And so I journaled all of my feelings. Totally and so yes, that was your your outlet. Exactly. Yeah. That I feel was like I can relate to this so much because I used to take creative writing so seriously as a child because I feel like hallucinating another life was like the best life. Mm. 
like I didn't enjoy my reality so much that I literally would carve out a brand new one like don't worry if this isn't great you know if i'm being bullied at school i will write a story about how i'm that girl (laughs) with all the friends in the world you know and sometimes i read my writing now and i'm like wow like god had to almost like cleanse where it was coming from and bring me to the point where now i write with my not my broken soul but the soul that is alive you know and what is why i was asking that initial question is because when you're writing and your creative skills were in seed form you are sort of the only person that knew it existed like maybe you'd show it to your dad but like it's like oh okay cool but your dad isn't gonna guard that seed for you you have to guard it for yourself because you know any small movement you lose that seed because, okay, maybe you've listened to somebody who said, actually, law is more lucrative. You'll make so much more money being a lawyer or you've just discounted what you carry. So when something is like a seed and you're the only one who knows that that seed has the possibility of ever growing into a full-on plant, Mm -hmm. you have to protect it with all you have. Because when it's in seed form, you're the only one who really knows that, like, wow, this thing could ever grow into a full-on tree. Mm -hmm. So you have to protect it with everything you have. Mm -hmm. When it's a tree, or when it's even like a small plant, other people are seeing it and they're going to be like, hey, if the enemy is trying to pull this thing out, like, you have all of us to go through. Mm. And you also have me, the individual, because I've now seen what this thing could do. I'm now seeing that, like, this small writing gift could impact an entire generation of human beings. So I'm not going to quit on myself because I've seen it, but I think there are a lot of people who are neglecting what they see because they feel like it's small. Mm. What would you, like, say to encourage someone in that place? I think... Anytime you feel fear or you feel, oh, maybe I shouldn't. What if I look this way? What if somebody thinks this way? Why is it? Anytime you encounter things that are not based in actual fact, it is very important to first of all recognize that those feelings and those words are happening. And that's why I think journaling is so important because there's something about writing down a lie. Oh, yeah. That your spirit immediately counters. Yeah. Because you write it and you think, no, actually, I'm doing okay. No, actually, what if I try? Because if it's just in your head, the enemy can play around with it. But the moment you bring it out Out. or you even say it to someone, you're like, wait, that thing is so dumb. How could I ever think this about myself? Exactly. So having the confidence to speak on your fears and say it out loud yeah. because i think it's when it's in your head that it is has the most power over 100%. you so if you have a seed and even if you're not sure there's so many times i have people that i bounce ideas off yeah. daily yeah. i sent even somebody a message today hey what yeah. do you think about this yeah. hey look at this what do you think yeah. about this and then it's in seed form yeah. but then they're like what about that idea that you said you wanted to do so there's a part of scripture where it says paul planted Apollos watered and God brought the increase Mm. and you know it's mostly talking about like saving souls but 
even thinking about it and what you've just described like you going to your people is like hey here's this seed yeah. i trust you enough that like you know what to do with this seed help me water this seed and then god brings the increase you know and covenant is so important to god partnership is so important to him that's why the bible talks about like where two or three are, are gathered yeah. there he is in our midst like god enjoys agreement and there's more strength in agreement mm. and i think a lot of people are doing things alone mm. yes and doing things alone like that seed sometimes you have nobody to water it for okay. you so make sure that like you're around people that can water that seed no matter how stupid it sounds like i remember the first time like i wanted to do these prophetic painting events that i would put on a few years ago just have people in a room and just paint with the holy spirit not like they're being inspired by a rainbow mm. or something and i thought it was insane and then i went to someone and they were like this is insane but like you can actually do it mm. I remember speaking to my dad about it. My dad was like, "What are you trying to do? Like this makes no sense." But thank God I already found somebody who watered it. Right. After it happened, my dad was like, "Eh? <laughs> so all these events you do, people just gather every month I was doing events. Mm-hmm. People just gather in rooms and they paint with the Holy Spirit in like helping them and it builds intimacy with God. He couldn't understand mm-hmm. it. But I already I didn't need his mm-hmm. validation." That thing was already watered. Right. I already even believed in that seed myself. So I think when I pray it's like I want to see myself through God's eyes. I want to see myself how he sees me because I see myself through a lot of criticism and I hold on to negatives a lot. So I think that even when I was small and I happened I'm sure it happened to you Oh, this one is a lawyer. She talks yeah, a lot. This yeah, one is a storyteller. Yeah, she does. Yeah. So I've always been seen. Yeah. Um, and I've always, you know, like I said, written, even if it's short form and those kind of things. But I think that um, I don't fully, I, I think that anybody who has something buried within them, yeah. I think you have to, that thing about self-belief, because if you don't believe in yourself or you don't pray for that self belief then it's really hard for other people to identify or even yeah. be able to water it you 100%. could be lucky that you could be lucky and you might meet somebody who sees 100%. exactly what you have 100%. but some people won't be able to and i love what you you just said is that you've never been hidden yeah because if you look at Joseph, Joseph was in the prison, right? But what you're trying to say is that your gift was never hidden. No. You it might have looked like, okay, things are a little bit quieter at the moment. Maybe I'm not getting as much like recognition or whatever, but your gift was present. Yes. It never disappeared. No. Like even when Jesus was in the wilderness, who he was was still inside of yeah. him. You can't kill that thing that is inside of me. Like life can throw you obstacles, but what you have in you can even still be used even if it's like quietly. Mm-hmm. Because Joseph was in in the prison, but when they needed someone to interpret dreams, they found him. Yeah. And that like that for me it's just like at no point should you ever stop being light. Yes. At no point should it be that people can't come to you and be like, "Hey, 
there's something inside of you like i know maybe it's not being exposed to the mm. entire world but like i know there's something in you can you use it mm. can you offer it to the world mm. because a lot of the time a lot of us know that we carry something spectacular or maybe you don't think it's spectacular maybe you just know that you carry something, something. but what stops you is not the fact that like it's not the fact that that thing is not there what actually stops you is that you don't believe that what is there is of any value Oof. yeah which is what you just said about actually believing yes in what you carry yeah and also believing in god that created you 100%. you think he wouldn't give you anything of value oh, yeah so when it's people impossible. say, I'm not creative, I'm like, yes, you are, yes, you are. Yeah. because you were created. Yeah. And I think that even reading Genesis, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh God is the ultimate creative. Like, you. wow. I'm like, telling you. So how, how do you overcome obstacles mm-hmm. when you are aware of what you carry? Ugh. I think for me, I face obstacles daily, mm. every single day. Um, <laughs> every day I wake up. Even like, now, we've been facing <laughs> obstacles. <laughs> so, I think I, I I heard something once. It's like how to lose weight is to never ever give up. If you look at my 600-pound life and those women who can't get on, men that can't get out of bed, and they have to break the wall yeah. to get them out of bed yeah. because they can't fit through the door, yeah. it's because they gave up. So if you never give up, that is how you face the obstacles. 100%. Because life is going to lie for you. Oh, yeah. And there's so many things that I, even when I get, people say, oh, how did you get here? I'm like, where? Do you know all the things I've been wanting to do that I haven't done? All of the projects I haven't finished? Yeah. But I'm not giving up. Yeah. And I think that's how you face obstacles. You just... 100%. And I feel like what you've just said is like, sometimes the devil tries to choke you with all the things that you've not like seen come into reality with your gifts. So it's like, okay, you've done this small thing, Mm -hmm. but have you even done this? But being, being audacious enough to be like, God in his time will do it. God in his time will do it. And not letting your gifts like choke you alive to the point that you don't feel like you can do anything at all. Yeah. Because there are some of you who are so gifted that your gifts are so big Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, it feels like maybe the best thing is to do nothing at all. Yes. Because it's almost overwhelming what you're capable of. The parable of the talents, right? The guy who is given a certain amount of, of, of seed. And it's like, God is like, you know, sow it into the ground, let it germinate, let it grow into something fantastic. He's kind of there like, the smarter thing would be to save what I have and never actually do anything with it. So he goes, he buries his talent in the ground. There's no increase on it. Hmm. Nobody gets to see it. And you wonder why God is so angry. Mm. 
It's because I gave you something. And rather than doing anything with it, you decided that you would hide it. Wow. Because it's not that God was hiding him. Because God told him, I want you to multiply. Mm. Multiplication is one of the signs that you are an obedient child of God. Mm -hmm. If you have not multiplied something that God has given you, like you can't look and be like, wow, one became five. Mm. There's a problem. Mm. And it doesn't mean that multiplication is, is that, is that um, simple in terms of like, oh, if I don't have two billion followers on Instagram, mm -hmm. then I haven't multiplied. Mm -hmm. You have to know that you didn't hide what God gave you. Right. That is multiplication. Right. The moment it's out there for the world to see, no matter how insignificant you think that thing is, because to him, it's like, oh, what will this one thing mm -hmm. do? But other people who are giving other amounts were able to multiply it with more. Mm. I think people also attribute when you have talent, there's insecurities that come with it. Am I good enough? You know, what are people going to think? Yeah. But I think what's real and something I experience is almost the flip side. Mm. It's like, I'm so good that I don't know how to maintain this level of excellence. Yeah. Or I'm writing a book that I've yeah. been writing and I sometimes feel um, like an imposter saying I'm writing mm. a book mm. because I'm not actively writing a book. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the book has been in the works yeah. for like five, five years. Yeah. And um, I should have finished it. It's not... It's not the biggest book in the world. It's yeah. Even if it was the biggest book in the world, five years we should finish, right? Yeah. But um, I have this sense that I, I, I got some success quickly with the book. An excerpt of the book won um, the Emirates Literature Prize yeah. in Dubai. Amazing. And after that, I couldn't move forward. I have this sense that this is the book that's going to change my life. Yeah. This is the book that's going to make me meet Oprah. Yeah. This is the book. And that thing has held me back. It's like a flip side of the enemy. It's like a positive voice, mm. but then it's pressure. 100%. Because it's, that is rooted in pride. My ego. Yeah, it's your ego. Why am I talking about Oprah? Yeah. God gave you a talent. And you're saying this is how you're going to meet Oprah. Can you just imagine. But I've been obsessed. Yeah. With this idea of this is the book that's going to elevate me. And therefore, when I'm writing, I'm no longer writing like a child. Yeah. I'm no longer writing. I'm trying your to. Shoulders are my now, shoulders are up. Yeah. I'm trying to beat you, Amanda. And I told you, your superpower is your childlikeness. Right. And that's so funny because I had a dream. Like, mm. I sent you the yeah. dream yeah. where you are writing a children's book. Yeah. And it's not that you're meant to write it. I mean, who yeah. knows? But yeah. it it's like you are meant to write a book that, from a child's point of view, right. that children should be able to read and mm. be like, wow, I get it. Right. Meaning that simplicity is your superpower. Oof. You should strip back all the noise yeah. and actually just go back to the simple. And I feel like the moment the enemy keeps you trapped in the, this could be amazing. Mm -hmm. He also stops you from enjoying mm -hmm. what's here now. Right. Because that's why you said you're living in the present right. because there is something here in every day that is going to write that book. Oof. And if you miss what is here, that book will never be written. Right. Or it'll be written with with a half yeah. 
half storyline it won't be complete because mm. before you write a book you have to be you like god must write you mm. like it uh, the book comes out of you mm-hmm. right so god has to write you and i think some of us are so afraid of letting god write us so then we can create from that place of being written right and we just want to just sit down and you just do things yeah. but life 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 is what produces our best work yes wow that was kind of deep that was kind of deep sis can't even lie deep. and i think it's so important to never be afraid of being seen trying mm. because for example i've i'd never done any of this before mm-hmm. right even with writing i think i mentioned i'm starting a fiction letter on substack mm-hmm. and like i'd never written fiction for people to see i write fiction mm-hmm. for myself yeah. written a lot of non-fiction but like i'm not afraid of being seen trying mm. the lord said to me 2 years ago that i said to god that like what if i fall and god was like if you fall i'll pick you mm. like what's the worst that could mm. happen mm. And you have to believe so much not even just in your seed but in your God. There you go. Because you have to believe that there is a God who is able to even bring increase to that seed or else what's the point? What's the point? Mm. So now I'm God is like, okay, if you do fall, do you know that I will catch you? Mm. That's how big I am. Mm. So forget how you think you're going to fall flat on your face and everything is going to be in disarray if that happens. And sometimes when that happens mm. because it does happen. Yeah. I will pick you up. Yes. And we will reconfigure and just like Google Maps will reroute. <laughs> it will be like it never happened. Mm-hmm. It will be like that and I think nothing is ever failure because there must be things that you've done mm-hmm. that you're like looking back yeah that was not great. Yeah. Definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah. What was I thinking? What was, what was that? <laughs> Like that 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 wasn't but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter cuz you did it. It doesn't matter cuz you did it. So, even when people are like criticizing films, it's like but yeah. they created something. Yeah. It's what there. What do you do? You're a <laughs> professional critic from your living room. No, well please. Done. And don't be that person, yeah. right? Like don't be that person and I think what we're now getting at is mm. the cook of the matter is that mm-hmm. creativity mm. is divine. Oof. 100%. Creativity is divine. Yes. Like sometimes I look at what God and I are able to do together when I'm in partnership with him. I could have never done that yeah. by myself. And even people who are not in God are partnering with something. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has to partner with something to create anything. Yes. There are people who partner yes. with the devil to yes. create like they literally yeah. sit there and they're like devil yeah. sit with yes. me yeah. let's partner together yeah. and yeah. create. I yeah. remember the first time I saw the devil in my dream, right? Hmm. I didn't see the devil with horns mm. and a pitchfork. Mm. The devil was on a in a big office with a chair, slick back hair. Hmm. in a dazzling suit. Wow. And he was just sitting there and people were sitting in front of him and they were noting down things to do. That was the first time I saw the devil. I was like, "God, who is this man?" It's like that's the devil. Wow. 
they were all taking down notes from him it was like world leaders like these all these like huge corporations of people just sitting there taking down notes and that's how i knew that everybody hmm. creates with something their wow. own idea of the divine right but we know that right. this is god almighty and if you partner with anything right. else what you create can right. look good do right but the fruits that mm. it bears in other people will be dark yes it will not be pure it wow. will be it will be evil but the wow. beauty of our partnering with god is that people get to see light yes like even if it's in so called secular spaces right yeah. people get to see light right. people are not left with bondage and right. and darkness right. after they've come in contact with whatever god has asked us to create right. they instead feel light mm. and i think sometimes like christians are, are so afraid of creating because it's like is god with me in this mm. but i believe john john 15 when it says that if you abide in me i will live in you mm. so your work is not to worry about whether god can produce through you it's mm-hmm. whether you are in god in the first place right when you're in god when you're in the word of god you can now trust that because of the partnership that god and i have together everything that you everything comes that from comes you. from me has has to be from him yes partnering with god is the only way to ever actually thrive because it also gives you the peace of just knowing that like i'm backed by him exactly so if i do fall yes parvenchai actually yes. do fall yes. there's somebody who will catch me and you falled in a you fell in, in obedience yeah so what a beautiful way nothing. to fall you lose nothing look at like i think of someone like steven in scripture right like he's standing up for the gospel standing up for jesus in acts and in him standing up for the gospel they stoned him to death hmm Somebody can be like why didn't he just shut up? Mm. Why did he have to talk? Mm. Is it every day you must talk mm. about God? Mm. Maybe they won't have killed you. Mm. Like you look at what's happening in the north. Mm. Where herdsmen are killing Christians mm. in in plateau states mm. in different northern states. And you probably thinking like maybe they shouldn't stand up for their faith, but these people are and they're saying if I perish I perish. Mm. because you have to believe that god one is worth dying for mm. and that like two what god has put inside of you is worth dying for right that's why you have wow. to crucify your flesh all the time to say this book must be written right because what god has put inside of me is worth dying for and i feel right. like a lot of people actually don't realize yes. that what god wants to do through them wow. requires them to crucify all of them wow If you perish you perish at least you'll be. Mm. At least the testimony of your life is that wow this was my obedient child of God. Oof. Girl. And you spoke a bit about excellence, right? And I feel like the pursuit of excellence is constant. Mm. Because I'd love to be like God deserves just whatever we produce. Mm-hmm. I think God deserves excellence. Yeah. God doesn't deserve half-hearted work. Mm. God doesn't like imagine 
like you're you're going to meet God with the returns on his investment in mm. your life. Mm. You want to be able to take him the most excellent work. Yes. yes. So even with this book you're saying God I'm going to take my time mm. to make sure that I'm presenting you the most excellent mm. thing I possibly can. Yeah. And I think excellence is something that we sometimes lose because even in this place of obedience just like let me just do it. But yeah. no. No. Create well. Yes. Create beautifully. Yes. Don't just create like meaninglessly because the world needs excellence mm-hmm. when god created the world he didn't just say oh i'll create a river but even if it's not long enough mm, who cares yeah no he made sure everything was so precise that the woman's womb was crafted in a certain way that it, it could carry a child yes. and he made sure that the breast of the woman would be able to feed, feed the, the child, child. Wow. and that the milk would be a place of of connection between mm. like everything he created was so intricate and so excellent that we have to know that that same spirit mm. of excellence is, in, is us. in us yeah so sometimes when fight that spirit that wants you to do shoddy work yeah because the world isn't going to clap and applaud you for nonsense yes just because you're saying that you obeyed god mm-hmm. With whatever you have. I'm not saying you have to I don't have the fanciest camera. The f- camera I'm using now, you can see it. Mm-hmm. It is tiny. Mm-hmm. This is a vlogging camera mm. that we used to film. Mm. But I had to decide one day that even if I will make sure that this camera can produce excellent work. Look at that. Most people wouldn't know that it's yeah. This is like a yeah. just some small yeah. camera. If I kept yeah. waiting. Yes. Believing that a bigger camera will Whoa. increase my excellence. If no. you don't learn excellence with filming on your phone, you will never yeah. learn excellence yeah. with filming on a camera. Yeah. And I think this note on excellence is actually really really important. I was speaking to some of my friends in Dubai. Yeah. Um and one um one friend in particular, Onyedi, and we were talking about how all of us who work in Dubai, um all of us Nigerians, like we are probably the best at what we do. We are the best in the room when it comes to our creativity or our mm. output. Wow. Um and it's that thing where you might hear, you know, as a black person, you have to be yeah. twice as better, yeah. you have to yeah. be, you know, yeah. you have to read twice as much and all this kind of stuff, but it it speaks the same. Yeah. So I think like when people look at us and be like how do they get these global jobs and how do we because we're excellent, excellent. we're actually there's no way it wasn't just because nice. I was nice oh, and they yeah. just said oh, oh let's yeah. fly this no yeah. we were the best and I think this idea of um, excellence it's it, it's very it's, it's a thin line between knowing that you're excellent and your ego oh, right yeah. but there's you know when it's ego and you know when it's god right and i remember walking um last um last year um walking into the global citizen office um their headquarters in new york and they had flown me in um from nigeria and it was two floors open plan and there were all these white people everywhere and um bustling around just busy office and i remember thinking you flew in a Nigerian from Nigeria to write your show. You mean nobody in this office could, could write it. that? Yeah. Nobody in this America? Yeah. And it gave me this sense of just the excellence that God has 
shown me it's possible in my creativity that is completely borderless and so it's borderless borderless. creativity is borderless your excellence is borderless and so that sense when you carry that with you and it's easy to forget because now I've known that in the context of live show writing Mm. and then I win an award in screenwriting then I say okay I'm a great screenwriter but in the book there's no proof yeah there's no you know but then it's like what what are you serving and what are you doing it for and a friend of mine sent me a text and she said you know um you need to write this book for these women because it's about Igbo widows and she's like you need to write for them people need to know this story because it's bigger than you she kept saying it's bigger than you it's bigger than you. And then taking myself out of the equation, because it's always been me, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, it's not you. Yeah. God gave you something yeah. for a reason, for his plan. 100%. And so being in obedience of that yeah. and taking yourself out of the equation. And 100%. I think I'm speaking to myself because yeah. that imposter or that thinking, oh, I'm going to meet Oprah. I'm going to meet Oprah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has, that, that could happen, but that's not the reason. He it's didn't give. Why. It's not the why. He didn't give it to you, so you meet Oprah. Shout out to Oprah. Yeah, yeah. But it's you're not, not the you. why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not for you. It's not for her. So. And I, I, I think. Yeah. What I'm learning more and more these mm. days is like. Downplaying my light is not humility. Mm-mm. And humility is so important. Like, we should be humble, which is something that you gracefully have to Mm -hmm. the glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. But being able to say that, not acknowledging who I am when I enter into a space is false humility. Mm. And who I am is not just like who I am, as in who I've made myself to be, but who God made me to be. There you go. It's false humility to have my shoulders down and my head down and to act like I'm not capable of doing some of the most incredible things. Like there 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 are some things now that because I've I, I always say to people that what I what I do is I have a crown, right? But the Bible tells us that we're to cast our crown before the Lord. It doesn't say that you should cast your crown before men. Casting your crown before the Lord is your acknowledgement that the only reason I even have anything on my head is because of you. And it belongs to you. But it pays nothing to live a double life of trying to say I am not who God has already told me I am. Mm. Joseph wasn't supposed to pretend like he wasn't going to be who God said he was going to be. He wasn't going to be the ruler of a nation. He wasn't going to be, you know, a a chief of staff. And he wasn't going to have all these people coming to him for solutions. He wasn't meant to pretend that he wasn't that. Mm -hmm. He was meant to surrender it to God. Mm. Because when the time came, if Potiphar was like, hey, I need you. Or Pharaoh was like, hey, I need you to do this. And he was like, me, I can't do it too. I'm just a... I'm just just a small boy. (laughs) Nothing would have been done. So you playing small is stopping things that God wants to be done on the face of the earth from being done. Yes. Like I remember there was a year of my life where God told me, you're not allowed to say no to opportunities that come your way. Hmm. 
people started asking me to do things like, oh, um, I, I own a magazine. I want you to interview this person. Will you do it? Okay. God was like, do your first ever solo and, and solo and poetry show. I was like, God, I've never done this before. He was like, do it. You can't say no to mm. what I bring to you. Because mm. he also made me know that what I was, anything that was coming my way, I was able to do it. Wow. And the only reason I would say no was because he was saying no. Mm. I, in that, in that, I think it was 2021, I did things that like I never pictured I could ever do. Mm. And that's what's given me the, the grit mm. to now stand and be like, oh, you want me to do this? You want me to write this thing? You want me to speak here? I can do it. I can do mm. it. Mm. If you never take that chance, you never know what you you'll have never know. If I like, I remember the first time that I ever had to preach a sermon, I was pooing myself. <laughs> I'm like, if I never did that, imagine all the people I wouldn't have been able to speak to now, how many years down the line? Now, like, I look at people, I'm like, what if I didn't come into this room today? What Mm. would have happened to you? Mm. Who would have spoken to you? What truth about God would you have known? I pray that you're getting out of this episode what we desire is to one, take yourself seriously this year and every other year. Yes. And you're taking yourself seriously because God takes you seriously. Mm. And that by the end of the year, you'll be able to bring the Lord the returns of his investment in your life, which is Mm. him sending his only son to die for you. Mm. And you'll say, hey God, your son didn't die for nothing. Mm. Here's what I did with what Jesus put inside of me. Here's what I did with the purchase that was made for my life by the blood of your one and only son. Mm. I hope this is pleasing in your sight. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was food for my soul. Amen. Really. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy we did this. And I, I just want us to hold hands and just agree in prayer mm. for everybody um listening to this uh, lord i pray i just pray that you would set a fire inside of the souls of your children that they cannot contain i pray that you would set this generation on fire for you i pray that you would increase within every single person listening to this and they would decrease so oh god that you will become everything that they want, everything that they need. And for from you are all things and to you are all things. They will be able to look back at the end of the year and say, Hey God, here's everything you gave me. I've multiplied it. God, I just pray that you would anoint us afresh. When a king, before he's commissioned to do any of his work, you anoint them. So Father, would you anoint your kings and your queens in Jesus' name? Would you anoint them, anoint them with joy, anoint them with creativity, anoint them with the spirit of excellence, oh God. Anoint them with visibility, that they will be seen by the people who are supposed to see them. And then hide them from naysayers, hide them from people who just are sent to beat them down and to beat down the gifts that you have planted in them. Father, I pray that they will always have people to water the seeds that you have given them. And they will also help other people to water. 
God, I pray you bring the increase to all our lives, in our businesses, in our writing, in our creative ventures, whatever it is, in our workplace, that we would demonstrate people who have been with an excellent God, people who have been created by an excellent God. The world will see us and they will glorify our Father in heaven. They will see our good works and they will glorify our Father in heaven. Father, also give us the faith to believe that you can do much with our lives, to believe that you can do much with our little. We love you, Lord, and we pray that everything we do is pleasing in your sight and that you get all the glory from our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We love you guys. And we pray that you, you have the best day and you go into this week or whatever, this day, empowered to be all that God has created you to be. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new Joy of Giving segment. And again, if you're new to this, please, I want to explain what the Joy of Giving is. The joy of giving is you can rest your way to increase generosity in our generation. We're trying to find ways to give people the opportunity to send gifts to people they love anonymously. So, what happens in the joy of giving is that you will nominate somebody that you know may want the gifts that we have, and then you'll send us their names by filling in the form and the link in our bio. And then if they win, we will then say, hey, this person has nominated you for a gift. Here it is. And this week, we have the amazing brand called Shop Yeno. They are going to be giving us two outfits. So the person who wins, we're going to be asking you about your um, size, your clothing size. And this is actually open to everybody in Nigeria. Everybody, no matter where you are, it doesn't have to be you just being in Lagos. Wherever you might be in Nigeria, we will get this gift to you. So please nominate your friends. They can be in any part of Nigeria and they will win this giveaway. God bless you and happy giving.